we finally got some snow. It's for the first time since the beginning of winter that it actually looked like winter. And I hope it's not going to be the last time because uh, today it's almost gone again. So yesterday, towards the end of the afternoon, it started snowing. And uh, this morning everything was still white. But now it is melting away very rapidly. And I just have such fond memories of winters as a child playing outside and making snowman and getting involved in uh, snowball fights and all that. But just these past years, it's been so rare to have snow, to have ice. And of course, it also has downsides because it's, you know, it's slippery and it's dangerous to, uh, to take your bike for work. It's also a bit of a problem. I remember that, was it two years ago? In January, I had to film uh, uh, in the north of the country and I left home in a snowstorm. And it was so dangerous, but it was the only day that I could film that particular interview. And uh, it took me hours and hours to get there and also hours to get home. And I've never been praying so much uh, during a trip as th that particular day. But the images were stunning. I, I really used every bit of, you know, scenic uh, effect that I could generate. So... Like in the, in the beginning of the episode, you see me walking through the, through the snow. Everything is white. You can barely see me. And then I, pa I walk past the camera. And then the whole show was, or the whole interview was taking place in a small Frisian village. So it looked super, like, magical, almost like a fairy tale. And the interview itself was also really, really great. And... Uh, Yeah, I think that's the only time that I filmed anything in snow. I was kind of hoping that uh, that there would be snow today as well, so I could go out and, and, and make some, um, some sh take some shots with my drone, because it is now January, which means that the new drone laws in the European Union ha are, um, are generalized uh, before... Um, so last year I couldn't really fly my drone at least I couldn't film with my drone there were some very strict regulations but now um, now that the entire European Union has the same drone laws with the, the Mavic Mini that I used to film uh, it's such a lightweight drone that I don't need a permit anymore um, so <laughs> I was looking forward to making some stunning shots for You know, for, for, for archival purposes. Uh, but unfortunately, the snow was gone before I could go out. Maybe, maybe sometime soon there will be uh, a, colder, uh, a colder week or something like that. So I'm just staying at the ready to uh, take my drone out for a flight. And I hope to be able to use the drone much more this year. Than I, uh, than I could last year. I, I didn't really dare to take it out. Of course, the, the chances are very slim that, uh, that you get fined 
uh, especially because I wasn't really doing anything spectacular with the drone, just for some pretty low-altitude shots. But uh, I just don't want to break the law. <laughs> it's just not a good thing to do in general, and as a priest, even even more. So it is a it's a pretty cold evening. Um, it's the skies are dark, but I see on my left a bit of a hazy moon. It's like this nice banana in the sky, and uh, it is uh, it's definitely cooling down. I think that we're gonna have some some frost during the night, but right now it's still above freezing point. And I'm just heading out for a for a late night evening walk after dinner because, just to get my uh, my steps in. I set myself a goal to walk uh, 10,000 steps every day, and I give myself the uh, well the choice between running or walking. So yesterday I did another run. This was I so it, I took a week off of running. So the first time I ran was Saturday a week ago and that went well and it was super encouraging and very motivating and so uh, yesterday I went for my second run and I'm I'm pretty amazed to see how quickly I'm back in the you know in the in the groove uh it was just as if nothing had happened and I'm, I'm not running fast but it's it's also not very task uh, taxing so I was able to run a 10K really without any effort. And that surprised me a lot because I expected to be much more out of shape. And maybe I still am. I'm definitely not back at my regular energy levels. But there is something about running, especially if you could do like a, a relatively slow pace and a very steady run that doesn't really... It's not too demanding. Although, I have to add to that, that even though after the run I felt great, I was super uh, encouraged by how, how well it went. This afternoon, after Mass, I, I, I just passed out. I, I wanted to lay down for, uh, for half an hour. But I was so tired that I, I just uh, fell into a coma for several hours. <laughs> the advantage is that now I'm fully awake and I have energy, so I figured, well, it's just I, ha I just have to distribute my time and energy in a different way than I used to. But it's not a it's not a problem. You have to be very flexible. So I try to give myself a lot of leeway instead of constantly kind of being too demanding on myself, and I try to put a break on everything that the super enthusiastic scatterbrain Father Roderick comes up with and I try to be kind to that Father Roderick as well like okay wow that's a wonderful idea let me just write that down and then we'll see how much of that we can actually get done and uh, I mentioned in the last episode how much journaling is helping me to structure my ideas but also to <clears throat> to take time to assess the things that I'm already doing and the things that make me happy and sometimes uh, the app just gives me these I think great questions like uh, this morning I had to answer the question 
So when do you feel most grateful about your life? And that makes you think. It's like, okay, but but when do I feel? When do I feel grateful? When do I um, feel relaxed? And and can I step back? And so what? And then thinking about the the moments where I'm able to do that, to step back and to look at things in, more in perspective, rather than just looking at oh, I still have to do this and I have that deadline approaching but then just to step back a little bit the fact of writing it down makes you more aware of how important it is to have those moments and so to create occasions to be able to step back and uh, the journaling also at the start of the day helps me to channel my thoughts I usually have a, a like a a certain I'm crossing a road here while the road is below me I'm on a bridge over the road on my right side is a train or are the train tracks I'm taking a different route than normal and here on my left is the newest part of the city which is it's very funny it's a super modern city tens of thousands of people live there and when I first came here there was almost they were still building everything and now it looks like a fully realized city. And uh, the funny thing is they, they it's modern building, so it's uh, all, I think they call it system building. So every on the inside, every house is more or less the same. So it's basically uh, like a kit they put together with standard elements, but then the facades are all different. And they try to emulate a little bit the Dutch style that you see in Amsterdam, but then with a modern twist and, of course, made uh, <laughs> quite quite cheaply but it still has the effect of every house looks different from the outside even though on the inside it's all probably more or less the same anyway uh, in the morning I always have this this explosion of ideas especially um, after my first cup of coffee and then I go for a run or whatever I, I take a shower and that's when the stream of ideas starts to flow and the more energy I I get the worse it gets in a certain way. So I get all these ideas that are like, oh, I could do this and that. So this yesterday, uh, I wrote down a number of things that I wanted to get done. Even though that was a Saturday. Normally on Saturday, I know I only work for one block. So I, I divide each day in blocks now. And then every block is about two hours, a little bit more than two hours. And then I take... 20 minutes of, uh, of complete rest so that in total I work about 6 hours on a regular work day but this was a Saturday and so I, I figured I'm not going to do nothing but I'm going to limit it to 2 hours of basically catching up with stuff And but then I wrote down what I wanted to get done in those 2 hours and I had like 8 items 8 things to do and then I, when I had <laughs> written down everything, um, there, there was this last question. Uh, if there was anything I wanted to add or tell myself. And then I wrote down, That's, those are great ideas, Father Roderick. Let's see how many of those we can actually realize. Don't beat yourself up if you don't get everything done. And then 
at the end of the day, when I was journaling again, I wrote down, told you so, because I had only done three items, three tasks of that long list of things. And I think one of the one of the things I'm going to cross the bridge here and into the bigger city because if I continue straight on, I'm going to walk uh, on the on the outer side of the city. But it's, it, this is still under development. They're building a whole block of houses here on my right. But the downside is it's not very well lit, and there's still some traffic here, and I just don't want to walk in a pitch dark environment so instead I'm just going to walk into this newer part of the of the city one thing is lacking here by the way I like how what they did architecturally and I'm sure that these houses are very comfortable and super modern and very energy efficient great internet etc there's one thing I don't like about this part of town there is no Soul. There is what what I love about cities like, like, um, like Rome is that on every corner, there is a bar, there is a restaurant, there are tiny shops. Here, there's nothing, and there are of course a few businesses on the ground level, but like here, it is a, a it's a clinic, um, and on the other side there is like. A, um, uh, how do you call it? Where you get your medication and stuff. So it's all... It's These are businesses, but it's it's not where you get to meet other people. Now, of course, in these times of COVID, that is not such a problem. And I wonder if it's even feasible to you know, run a bar or a restaurant in these times. It must be extremely hard to stay afloat financially because you can't be open. You can just do takeaway stuff and not every restaurant is able to... Uh, to organize that or make it uh, even economically viable but when this is over what you miss is street life people still live inside everything that they get their groceries from the local you know shopping center they drive there and then they unload here and then they cook at home but there's you don't have any occasion to meet each other uh, outside, so I'm, I'm currently walking here, and there must be tens of thousands of people living here. There's not a single soul outside. It's just this car that tries to open the automatic gate of the of the garage. And apparently, it should have like a proximity sensor, but it doesn't seem to work for him. So he looks a bit irritated. Yeah, he's stepping on the, on the gas. He was like, why is this thing not opening? Uh, so I'm going to cross this canal. They even made these bridges a little bit round. So also to kind of simulate the type of bridges that you find in Amsterdam, where, of course, they can't be flat, they can't be horizontal, because you have boats that need to be able to pass underneath so they did that here too even though I don't think there there is much traffic on the water because this is all new and uh, in Amsterdam boats were used for provisions uh, to bring goods uh, and also merchandise 
from one place of the city to another. Um, and of course, that is not necessary here. So I, I, I really, I hope that in the future they will discover that actually, in order to to bring a city to life, you need places where people can gather. And of course, you can drink a beer in your own home, but it's missing a dimension. I think it really has surprised me how they designed this entire city, which, you know, from many points of view, is really well done. Well thought out, well constructed, much more uh, creative than what they used to build in the, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, where everything was kind of the same blocky, gray, concrete stuff. And yet, it seems like they missed what, what makes life fun. It's this, you know, being able to have a meal outside and, I don't know. And I'm not even the so the social type. I would, I would never go to a bar. The only place where I go to a bar and have a beer is when I am in Rome, and that's where I go and, you know, have dinner in a restaurant. Never here. So maybe I'm just like everyone else living here. I don't know. Anyway, that's not here, here or there. What was I talking about? Yes, about journaling. So I. I, I'm much more, I'm much kinder for myself. And it's funny because it's, it is the fruit of this post-COVID time of recovery where I've learned that I have to be kind and I have to be patient with myself and give myself leeway to just do what I can instead of overcharging my schedule every time. And I think this is a perfect match with the entire, if you've been following me for the past year, You've heard my thoughts about, you know, wanting too much and always, you know, asking myself, but for who am I doing this? Who is, who is telling me to work 60-hour weeks? That's not normal. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's not fun. You cannot really enjoy work anymore when you're doing too much. And I think it's this constant struggle with, you know, a sense of duty that is I think part of has always been part of my education. It's kind of also part of society. You only matter if you if you produce things. You, it's not enough to be. You have to do. <laughs> um, and it's it's my creative brain that always wants to, to to do new things and is very adventurous and comes up with. I I have a hard time doing the same thing time and again. I mean, it's, in that respect, it's kind of a miracle that I've been doing this podcasting for so long. Normally, I'm like, after a few years, I want to do something else, challenge myself. Um, so, but it's that and then the realization that none of that is is worth anything if it costs you your, your, uh, your health and if you don't have the time to enjoy what you do. Um... So it's kind of what uh, the gospel says. What good is it for a man to gain the world if he loses his soul in the process? That, that's it. What good is it to work and to make a living and to, uh, uh, to have a flourishing um, enterprise <clears throat> and to, to uh, improve your productions time year after year if if it costs you your soul and what and if you uh, if the result is that you cannot really feed your soul 
if you can't take care of your health. So what is it that makes me always want to overperform? That's ultimately, I think. Am I going in the right direction? I see water there. Normally I can always see at daylight if this is going anywhere. But I think there is a canal that leads all the way up to that house. So I won't be able to... No, I'm just going to continue this road. Like, this is such a vast city. And I've been here only a few times during my walks. I have to say that at night it looks so nice. Because all these houses here, there's a canal here on my right. And during the day that's just water. And the houses are... You know, okay, they're not very spectacular architecturally, but but now at night you've got all these windows are lit. People are inside and the lights of the windows is reflecting in the water. And it just creates this I don't know, friendly atmosphere. I love this. I guess I'm I'm very Dutch in that respect. I I like my canals. <laughs> but uh um it's 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 such a new thing for me to give myself this leeway to tell myself, you know, it's okay not to do everything. And it's, it's, it's fantastic to have all these creative ideas. But you always have to ask yourself, what is essential? And is there any leftover time or energy to do other things and to add to your schedule? And in that respect, it's, it's similar to the process of decluttering and the lifestyle of, uh, of minimalism, where you learn that if you want to add something to your life, even if it's just a material thing, the best way to keep things balanced is by letting go of something else. So there is a way to, to educate your children in that attitude and even from an early stage and if they want to for instance put a um, a drawing on the refrigerator it's a, it's actually a very good approach to let children choose if i'm going to add this drawing what is a drawing that you would like to let go of and that we're gonna you know scan in and then throw away uh you want a toy okay so sure we can get you a toy, but what is the other toy that you're going to give away? That you're going to replace with this new one? So you, you train children, and I wish I'd, I had that, had that training at an early age. Because I think it is a very good lifestyle for everything, not just for, for stuff. But if you want to add something to your life, let go of something else. So you create room instead of constantly adding stuff to your plate. And I think that's a, ultimately... In my case, at least, it, it comes from in, uh, from a certain, you know, lack of confidence in myself, in my self-worth. And I feel like it's never enough. You know that song from The Greatest Showman, Never Enough? Those lyrics are very much about me. I feel it's never enough. And it's not that I, you know, it's not in terms of greed, but it is... I feel like it's never enough what I do. I always want to do more. And if, sometimes I, I can tell myself that it's all positive. You know, I do this because I want to. But then that's okay. 
but then dare to let go of something else. In terms of, of my career right now, my, my, my work, my path in the, you know, in the media work that I do, if I have this desire to make these documentaries and these travel shows, it means I have to let go of what I'm currently doing. It's going to be a big step, but I need to take that step. Otherwise, I will stay in this doing the same thing over and over again. And I feel that I'm called to do something else. But you can only follow your calling if you step outside your door, right? If you leave your home like Bilbo in the Shire. I mentioned this during the homily in the International Mass. If All these, all these stories tell us about uh, our hero characters that embark on an adventure. But in order to do that, there is something they have to need to give up for Bilbo it's the Shire it's his home it's his comfortable life that he values very much but he comes to the realization that the adventure that is calling him is an even greater desire and it's scary but at the same time it's the only way to grow and Bilbo at the end of the story is so much more Bilbo than he was when he was only living his calm peaceful life in the Shire and I just tell myself this story to convince myself that it is okay to let go of something you've done for so many years but it's no longer challenging you and it's leaving you with a a kind of unsatisfied feeling of you know this is this is not this is good but it's not the way it's not what i'm called to do so let's try something new and, I, and in that respect, I'm, I'm super excited about this year. I'm going to turn to the right here. This is a park that I'm very familiar with. So I'm again crossing this wooden bridge this time. Very large bridge. And this canal is much, it's like twice the, the width of uh, the canal further down the road. I can see some uh, swans there. Do swans sleep? Actually, they're not asleep. I think they're still kind of roaming around there on the water. When they sleep, they usually fold their necks and they use their their own body as a as a pillow. Nice, fluffy, feathery pillow. <laughs> Although I wouldn't like to sleep in this cold weather while floating on the water. I guess I'm not called to be a swan or a duck. So this is a nice patch of green in the middle of this uh, this big city. They created uh, some artwork here. Is these big uh, red? They look like something from a Japanese landscape or something. Uh, there are three of them. They're bright red. There's some kids here, even well, kids, young people hanging out here in the dark. That's uh, something they can't get under control, even in these COVID times. Officially, you cannot gather with more than two people outside, but young people are constantly breaking the rules, and they're even organizing parties and whatnot. I guess it's this, this desire to, to socialize is so much part of the fabric of who we are that it's stronger than, than the rules. All right. I've crossed this other bridge. I'm now going to take a walk. Uh, 
around this big there's this huge building here in front of me that is actually <clears throat> um, a kind of a care center for older people that live there but it's massive and there's no way through you have to kind of make a detour and then I'll be on the road back to home it's a, it's a good thing that I've been here before because <laughs> otherwise I would be totally lost and I wouldn't know where, where I was <clears throat> I hope there is actually uh, a way to go to the right here. I'm not sure. Sometimes the plan of the streets is very creative. Let's put it that way. There's a big clock on the side of this huge building. This is actually one of the towers. So how many floors are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten floors. So this is one of the taller buildings in this part of the town. The clock tells me that it is ten past eight. So that's okay. I uh, I try to uh, go to bed around 8.30. And this walk will probably take a little bit longer. But it is. I also know that it is, uh, usually helps me sleep when I, when I have some physical exercise during the day. How many steps have I done so far? Uh... Only three and a half thousand, and I'm now at a total of six thousand, six thousand steps. So four thousand, I think I'm going to make. I'm going to get there um, before I get home. So that's good. I only wish that the walks would have a bit more effect on my overall weight. I'm still too heavy, and I'm I'm not sure why. Well, actually, I do know why because I'm. Well, clearly eating more calories than I should. Um, Maybe. But I I think it's also because I'm not... Everything is still out of whack. And I'm not... The balance is not there yet. I wouldn't be surprised that in a few weeks from now I I start losing weight much more rapidly. So I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. So, uh, being kind to myself, that is... That's a really... That feels really good. And I have to kind of break through... um, Kind of my inner voice that is still trying to tell me that uh, it's selfish to to not be too demanding. Um, To take time for myself. To say no to a lot of things. Even good things. Even things that I put on my calendar. Like I really have to go and visit people, etc. Uh, I sometimes think, am I not too self-centered? But then I tell me, tell, I try to remind myself that if I'm not recovered yet, I can't be there for other people. So the recovery itself should always uh, have priority. And over time, all these good things that I can do uh, will come, but I can't build on sand. I have to make sure that my health becomes a rock again <laughs> that is stable, and then I can build on that. That's one of the advantages of time. You don't have to do everything right now. And sometimes I, I'm, I'm way too impatient with myself. And, and when I feel good, like yesterday after that run, I was like, oh man, I feel on top of the world. I'm back. <laughs> And today is a stark reminder that no, okay, you felt good yesterday, 
But today, take it easy. I need some sleep. Go to sleep. And don't worry about it. Pick the priorities. And I've, I've seen now that I've been journaling for two weeks. Is it already two weeks? Yeah, I think I started journaling at the beginning of the year. That if I get three things done, that's usually the maximum. And I'm, I, I, can, I can really be happy with the day, <laughs> the yield of the day, if I've been able to do three important things or essential things. Three. And sometimes it's smaller things, sometimes it's bigger things. And I'm also telling myself to not sweat it if I can't get everything done. So like last week, uh, the documentary took more time and energy than I anticipated. Plus I had a, uh, a problem on Tuesday. We, we had a board meeting on, on Monday evening. I think I also told this in one of the other shows, I think. Anyway, so uh, the board meeting itself was in the evening, on Monday evening. And it just created so much... It, I don't know, noise in my head. I couldn't sleep well, and the next day I was so wiped out that I lost a day of work. And so I had to trade it in for Wednesday. So I worked on Wednesday until midnight. Definitely went way over the time that I allotted myself for for this edit. And I felt bad about it because it felt like a defeat. I'd, I'd sworn that I would not work harder than what is what is good for me. And now here I am working again until midnight. Will I ever learn? This is not feasible. I should stop, etc. I was just mad at myself for not being able to do the work within the time that I calculated for it. Now, of course, the... the <laughs> The, the real conclusion is that I cannot work at the same pace as I used to. So, this producing an episode like this... Am I going to cross the road here or walk past the canal? Uh, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to walk here. Uh, it's, it's okay <laughs> to, to not... To not, you know... To miscalculate that too is part of the learning process that I'm in, and so the the realization was okay. I need twice as much time to edit compared to last year, but do I actually have that extra time? So my temptation was to do to work in the weekends to take another uh, block of two hours on Saturday and try to get a head start. And even this morning, I was tempted to edit. Um, and I, there were some other uh, things that I really wanted to do. Like I wanted to record a, a reaction video uh, because I'd seen the WandaVision show and I had some thoughts about it. And like, okay, everybody's looking for, for reactions to this. And it, it, it would definitely work. I think I would get a couple of thousand... Uh, views on on a video like that so for the entire day i was telling myself oh wouldn't it be great if i could record the video and then i was like oh 
Remember what you wrote in your journal this morning? Don't fall for the temptation to turn this into a workday. It's almost as if I know myself and I know how I work. So I had to tell myself that several times during the day. Don't turn this into a workday. Yes, it would be wonderful to create a YouTube video, but no, you cannot afford to do that because you're already struggling with your regular work. So I have to sometimes kind of step back and treat myself as a stranger and or like a friend instead of myself and just tell myself, Father Roderick, stop. I know what you want to do, but it is a trap. It's a trap. Don't do it. Because, first of all, you don't have the energy. Secondly, you don't even have the energy for your regular tasks. This is still, this is always going to take more time than you think it does because you're a perfectionist and you want to do a good job. So, uh, don't beat yourself up. Don't, it would be okay, but nobody is asking you to do this. So, that is an, always an important question to ask if you feel this urge. It looks like this guy is talking to himself, but he's got these uh, Apple earbuds in. <laughs> the wireless one, so he's having a phone conversation. Um, at least I hope so. Otherwise, I hope he has proper medication. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't don't fall for it. Don't try to you ask yourself who is telling you to do this. And if nobody is expecting you to do all these extra things, that is just you. And there is the world will continue to turn even if you don't become like uh, immediately this uh, the, the the YouTuber that you that you want to become. And the same is true for TikTok. I've been thinking about I, like this morning. I sat down and I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I have some more time now on Sunday morning because I only have one mass. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a script for a short video that I then record i'm going to turn that into a blog post it will just be my homily but i'm going to write it in such a way that it would also work as a tiktok video that was true that was honestly what i was telling myself this morning so i sat down and it has helped me to prepare for the homily because it it gave me an idea instead of um focusing the homily on on just an explanation of uh the biblical texts and then just finding some geeky references to spice it up a little bit my the first question that i want to ask myself is how do you make this actionable first of all what action is required of you when you read these readings because of course the first person who should care about the biblical readings in mass is me if i'm not uh if I'm not inspired, if I'm not uh, motivated to make changes, then how can I inspire other people? But that changed kind of my perspective on what I wanted to say in the homily. And uh, so I, I, I was looking at some other TikTokers and how do they appeal to... Why, do, why am I constantly clicking on these new videos or swiping up to see another one? There is definitely an approach that works and an approach that doesn't work. If someone is just spewing information, I usually don't watch the video. But if a video starts with 
a question like that has the word you in it. What if I told you that there was an easier way to clean the dishes, to do the, to fold the laundry? What if you could do the laundry in half the time that it takes you right now? Keep watching. Those videos I watch because it's like it's about me and it helps me to improve something or solve a problem. And I, I pay attention to it because there's something to gain. I was like, well, that could be a great way to start a homily. Instead of just starting like, in those days, the Lord said to blah, blah, blah. And that means that in the... Start with, what is this? How can this Bible story contribute to the walk in faith and general life of, of the people that I'm talking to? So you got to make it actionable. So I started, okay, this was about vocation and calling. and It's like, how do you actually find your true calling in life? Uh, uh, many of us, and I'm also talking from experience, sometimes struggle with this feeling that we are living our lives. But is it truly the life that we feel called to live? Is this what we do with our... When we die, are we going to look back on this time of our lives telling ourselves, wow, that was so much what God wanted me to do. Probably not. Probably we'll be full of regrets. Like, oh, I wish I'd, you know, followed my true calling instead of wasting years and years doing work that was actually, in hindsight, not really that, you know, wasn't really a match with what I could have done. So anyway, started to write down that entire thing and I was super inspired and was like, okay, I can use... A, Harry Potter here and Bilbo Baggins there and then I'll just add Luke Skywalker in it as a reference and then I looked at the, what I'd written and it's like a full page of text and it's way too convoluted yes it was structurally it was very well thought out and um, I, I, I tried to write it down in such a way that it would be kind of bite sized and not too not too highbrow in a certain way but yet the end result was something that was at least like five or six minutes if I would do a talk like that whereas TikTok is 60 seconds and I was like frustrated like oh my entire plan of creating quick TikTok videos is now completely you know I'm, I, I failed that and uh, frustrating why can't I say things shorter why can't why is it so hard for me to make my faith actionable and simple and, and able to... Like, I love the, these some of these TikTok videos. There's this Dr. Julie so-and-so, I forget her family name. She's a psychologist, and so she does these, these short videos, like 60 seconds, that are always on the mark, and it's always like a very practical thing that you can change in your life, your, your attitude or an insight like, whoa, I need to do something like that. But then with faith as a, as a guide, there are so many things that people ask themselves. How, what should I do? How should I live? What are the choices that I can make? I, I could totally do short videos. Like I, I'm telling myself that. Huh? You should, from, from, I go from, this is, wouldn't it be a good idea if someone would do videos like that, but then from what faith can add to people's life and make it, you know, funny and specific and to the point and relatable 
I turned that into, I should make videos like that. I should, I have everything needed. I can talk. I'm, I've got a creative associative mind so I can come up with tons of visual examples. I know how to film. Uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to be very versed in social media and I'm not doing anything on TikTok. And then I'm frustrated and I beat myself up for not being this overnight TikTok success. And <laughs> this is so frustrating. I, I have to tell myself at that t- moment, you know, okay, Father Roderick, it's great. And I literally told myself that before Mass. It's great that you sat down and thought this through and tried to make it actionable and wrote this nice essay. But now you're going to throw it away and you're just going to do your homily like what you normally do. Use this as background information, but you're not going to read this in church because it won't work. And you're certainly not going to try to turn this into a YouTube video or a TikTok video. You have no time for that. It's not your calling right now. It's not what... Nobody expects you to do this. So why do you beat yourself up about not delivering to an audience that doesn't even have a demand? <laughs> and this, this is... I'm, I'm so, more, so much more aware of how this process, this internal process works and how much I've gotten myself in trouble because of it is that I I feel like I have this idea so it and it's a good idea so it needs to be done right away instead of seeing that as a gathering process where you know I'm, I'm kind of browsing through the aisles like my, my mind is like a supermarket and I go through the aisles and I'm thinking oh that wouldn't it be great to uh, you know, make uh, an Indian curry tonight. And let me get the ingredients. And I start thinking about how, what else do I need? And uh, am I going to make uh, like a co- uh, coconut-based curry with, uh, you know, more uh, with cream? Or am I going to do more tomato-based? And then I walk down the aisle and see ingredients for, I don't know, a Chinese food or whatever. Sometimes I, I have way too much in my basket. And when I get home, I try to put it in the fridge. I'm thinking, well, but I haven't even finished the leftovers from yesterday. This is going to spoil before I have time to cook because there are only so many meals during the week. So, yes, it would be wonderful to eat Indian food, but you still have that, those mashed potatoes with andives. You've got two portions and so I had to free, put them in the freezer because I just, I wanted to cook too much. And it's exactly the same process that is taking place cre- creatively, work-wise, where I'm constantly tempted to task myself with things that nobody expects me to do. And so <laughs> the journaling is really... Uh, it's, it's like almost having a friend who tells you, okay, so tell me your ideas. Tell me your ambitions. Listens, rotten, takes notes, and then says, well, you know what? Let's just start with these three most important things, and then 
we'll evaluate that. And but it's wonderful, wonderful that you wrote down these things. Which just uh, you know, you wrote it down, so it's not gone. It's just that we're going to see when we're you know, like having this almost collaboration with myself, coaching myself. It works. It's a trick. I know it's a, totally a trick because it's an inner dialogue, but it works. And the journaling is, is, is creating almost a second persona. Maybe I'm turning crazy. <laughs> it's like I have this therapist or this coach that is helping me to discern what, what I should do and as definitely, as, uh, most importantly, uh, warning me trying to want too much and but not in a negative way because ultimately all these ideas creativity is never of course bad but it needs to be channeled it's like almost a primary force like so many other things like like enjoying food is not bad but it becomes bad if you keep stuffing yourself with with things you want to eat instead of channeling that and 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 deciding you know what is what do i truly need what is good for me what, what will advance me and what is just too much never enough that is the attitude that I have to turn into you're good enough because that's ultimately I think what I need to hear what every one of us needs to hear it's good enough It's good. what you do is good enough and the voice the inner voice that tells you it's not enough it's the voice of fear maybe the voice of people in your childhood that told you it's not good, you're not good enough but it's not God's voice God will always tell you that even if you do, wouldn't do a thing you're still good enough you're still his beloved child and there's nothing you don't do or what you do that can change that even if you step away from God he, you, he'll still continue to love you it's still you're still good enough for him. He won't turn his back on you. And the more you realize that, maybe, I'm still in the process of learning to do that, the more you can let go and you can trust that what you prioritize, what is humanly possible for you to do, that is enough. Because you're not superhuman, you're not God, you're not the Messiah. Just do what you discern right now to be your calling and the most important things. And if that, as soon as it starts to ask more of you than you than you have, than you can give, as soon as you start burning the candle at both ends, stop. Because then you're not doing what God asks you to do. That is what I wanted to share with you. Hope it helps. Um, definitely helps me to to say this out loud, and it helps me to move forward in the same in this direction this year. And I'm sure that I'll mess it up from time to time, but that's that's part of the fun. <laughs> that's how we learn. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for your time. Have a wonderful week. Stay healthy. And for those of you that are sick or struggling otherwise. Know that you are in my prayers, and this too shall pass. Take care, and God bless.